Yo, what's in the box? You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's another episode of Locked On A's. How you doing? I'm Wayne Coy. I'll be your host uh, for this podcast every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Everything athletics right here for you to take and enjoy. And right now I would say needles and pins maybe is the best description because literally just days away from an owner's meeting in Arlington, Texas that could result in the Oakland A's moving from Oakland to Las Vegas, and obviously we're watching to see what happens there. And today's episode is brought to us by Jace Medical. Uh, Jace Medical wants you to empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Pretty cool. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Mark Canna in the A's outfield? Well, no. I'm, we, we watched Mark leave, remember? He was a free agent. Well, then he just got traded just a few weeks ago from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Detroit Tigers. But did you know that the A's were actually actively looking at bringing Mark back? They were. Uh, we just found that out today. And here's the thing. His salary without a doubt, would be the highest on the teams. He'd be somewhere around 11 to 12 million, I think 11 and a half, somewhere in there. It would make him the highest paid player on the team now that Trevor May is gone. In fact, it would have been more than Trevor anyway. Well, woulda, shoulda, coulda there. We wish, of course, Mark all the best. Just a great guy. He really, really, truly is a good dude and a uh, heck of a player. So he'll be doing his thing for the Detroit Tigers, not the A's. When I heard that, though, I was like, oh, I kind of already sort of wondered if maybe they would at least look into it, but nothing doing. Okay, Mayor Tao has uh, sent out, as we told you, those stay in Oakland boxes. Those went to uh, a bunch of owners. There's 30 total, of course, even including John Fisher. So it'd be 29 owners if she was going to send it to everybody, but I think there was some targeting going on. Uh, and these are just some of the teams, according to, uh, ESPN.com's Tim Keown, uh, Kewen, I think is how you say it, uh, 15 of the 29 owners received a letter from the mayor, which we're going to get into in a minute, but uh, some of those teams include uh, the Yankees, the Mets, big markets, Red Sox, Dodgers, Angels, Diamondbacks, Padres, Phillies, Marlins, and even the Detroit Tigers, Mariners, of course. So why did they target them? Because they think there's a chance that they may, based on their own circumstances, see what's going on with the A's and you say, no, no, we're not, we're not at a point yet where we could say yes to that. So they would vote no on relocation. And we'll see if the, if the stay in Oakland boxes make a difference or the letter from Mayor Tao, which we should talk about for a minute. According to ESPN, Tim Kewen says that, uh, the mayor has reiterated many points 
that she's been making all the way going all the way back to April. Remember when the announcement was made, she pretty quickly said, well, she said a lot, but one of the things she said was that there was no comparing the two markets. She really felt like Oakland was the better of the two. And she sort of goes back to that in this letter. She said it's, uh, it's uh, according to her anyway, uh, securing funding for a $12 billion, 55-acre residential retail waterfront development that includes a 35,000-seat stadium. They have pretty much cleared the path for that, but then John Fisher decided that he didn't need those 55 acres or the $12 billion or the 35,000-seat stadium, all those things that the A's said were so important. And uh, now have lowered their sites down to the point where it is a nine-acre site. Here's what the mayor says. She says, quote, the proposed funding assistance for a new stadium development is nearly triple the $380 million that the A's have reportedly secured in Las Vegas for a much smaller stadium project. There's a clear path to build a state-of-the-art new ballpark here in Oakland and to do so just as expeditiously, if not more so, than in Las Vegas. So that's a letter, and she she sent it out, and I think she hopes that it lands. Uh, it does question the economic wisdom of Rob Manfred's decision to absolve the A's of their relocation fee, which a lot of people expect, uh, expect a team that's going to be relocating to pay, and the guesses are that that's somewhere in the neighborhood of $300 million. Uh, Mayor Tao says the A's are reportedly counting on hundreds of million dollars of relocation fees to be waived as part of the move. Not only would this require MLB owners to make a major financial sacrifice, it might also create a precedent that could cause other teams to seek similar considerations. I think it's important that she put that in there. Moving the A's to Las Vegas would remove the market from eligibility as a potential expansion site, closing the door on the hefty expansion fee expected to be over $2 billion a new Vegas-based team could contribute. In sum, we believe that keeping the A's in Oakland while evaluating an expansion opportunity in Vegas is by far the most lucrative path for MLB over both the short and long term. Into the box that letter went, and they've been delivered uh, in time for those owners to all at least be able to read that letter and also to watch a video, which we're going to share with you here in just a little bit. Okay, so all of that's happening. As we get ready for those meetings that are happening um, in Arlington, Texas. First the World Series, now the owners' meetings, right? There's one meeting I wanted to have, and that's with you, to tell you about what's happening with Jace Medical. JaceMedical.com is the place to go to get what they call the Jace case. That's going to be antibiotics that are going to take care of you uh, if you're on the road, you're doing business, you're even at home, and for whatever reason, you can't make it to the doctor. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot right there to consume. Because as you know, getting good health care when you're not in the friendly confines or you're compromised in some way, it's pretty tough. Really tough. So what Jace Medical has done is they've been able to make sure that if there is an issue with a supply shortage, if there's an issue with you being able to connect with a doctor, you can get 
the medical life-saving antibiotics and a long, long list of daily medications that are available to you from Jace. They can all be ordered in a one-year supply. Now, this does include ED medicines as well, uh, Cialis. I said Cialis, but it's Cialis. Viagra. See what I did there? I combined the two. And Reveshi, which is the new one. You can get those prescriptions as well. So go online right now. Would you do this at jacemedical.com and you get your 12-month supply on your daily medication, all taken care of by professionals delivered to you uh, discreetly. And you've got them. They're on hand to take care of you for whatever it is you need. And you can do that with Jace. Make sure you get to jacemedical.com. And when you go there, use the promo code. It's locked on. And you can get $20 off your purchase with Jace Medical at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, uh, I wanted to go back just because with this thing happening on Tuesday, the vote, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I mean, but the meetings are Tuesday through Thursday for the owners. I wanted to sort of put my mindset where it was when we first kind of heard that the parallel paths thing was not happening anymore and that the A's were basically focusing all of their attention on Las Vegas. I wanted to see if I could remember what my headspace was. And thankfully, because I was on the radio at that time, uh, I've got a recording of the show. So I went back and I listened and uh, the emotion that was coming out of me that particular day, which would have been, I think, the 21st of April. Uh, the news broke on the 20th. First thing I, I did was I went to Jose Canseco's Showtime Car Wash because that's what you do, right? I was kind of hoping Jose would be there. and Maybe he could commiserate with me because at that point they were announcing uh, you know, that they had a binding agreement. It was, and who knew at the time what that meant? I'm pretty sure the A's don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they were going to go to the Wild Wild West site. Remember, that was before the... Uh, Tropicana site came into play. But anyway, I went back and I listened to my show from that day. And uh, here are some of the things, and I, I wrote down these notes that I talked about. I said that somebody had uh, come up to me at the station and said, hey, you're wearing your A shirt. Did you hear the news? Aren't you happy? Your team's coming to Vegas. You know, because I live here. My reply was, no, not at all. I'm numb. I'm shell-shocked on one hand, and I'm not surprised one bit on the other. My words on the air that night, uh, describing how I was feeling. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. You need to know that those three emotions really haven't gone away. They haven't dissipated. They're both there at varying heights, right? I mean, sometimes I'm not angry at all, but it doesn't take a whole lot when I start thinking about this to get a little ticked. Anyway, I said that day or that night, uh, this is like a loss to me. I feel like a member of my family has died. Uh, I said, I may come around, and I suppose if it does happen, and enough time goes by, I might accept the reality at some point. But man, not today. Not this week, not this month, and probably not for a very long time. John Fisher should sell the team to an owner or owners that will keep the A's in Oakland. Now, I said that back in April, and believe me, I still feel the same way. But he won't. 
Dave Cavill should stand up to Fisher and say, I don't want to be a part of this travesty. I want to be on the right side of history. I quit. But he won't. So if the owners vote for relocation, which could happen, a lot of people expect that it will happen. If the legal challenge and effort to get the referendum on the ballot in November of 2024, if schools over stadiums swings and misses, and for whatever reason, they're not able to get the signatures or they're not able to get on the ballot at all or get the referendum or get the petition approved. If, if none of that happens and that $380 million is secure for the A's and Fisher, well, then I guess at that point, you know, that would be that, right? At that point. But you need to know that this fan base loves its team, if you didn't know that already. And you need to know that it's going to do everything in its power to keep its team. Just kind of how they roll. And if it does happen, if they do move, you also need to know that it won't be because we, Athletics Nation, A's fan Lee, didn't give it every single thing that we've got in our being. There's only so much we can control. You may get to a point where, you know, what's happening is all out of our control. And if that's the case, well, then I think at least you can look back and you can say that the Oakland A's fans did all they could do. There is no quit in an A's fan. And I can tell you this, until the shovels are in the ground, you're not going to see them back down. It's just not wired that way. And now that's they, meaning the A's fans. Of course, I'm part of that whole fraternity. And then there's some people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I went back and again, listening to the archives of my radio show and then here on this podcast. And I just want to take a sec to thank some of the people that have contributed in one way or the other to the show, either directly or indirectly. Uh, Damon M. I can never say his name. It's Amendolara, and I know that, but when pressed to say it, it becomes like Seth Smith used to be to Ken Korak. Just can't say it. Damon Amendolarola. Amadubadiba. DA. That's why they call it the DA show, by the way, because of that last name. Anyway, CBS Sports uh, in New York is where he was. And now he's uh, doing his show uh, on his own, syndicated, which is very cool. Stu Clary, our buddy from Vacaville, just a normal guy, you know, carries a lunchbox and came up with this killer idea of a reverse boycott. And I was there for that game. And wow, talk about memories. I will never forget the way that night felt. And we owe, we owe it all to, uh, well, to a lot of people, but the, the actual germ of the idea was Stu's. And Stu stayed involved all the way through till the day happened. Of course, he got help. Oakland 68s were there, and we want to thank them as well. Uh, Jorge is the best. Uh, he's been on the show, and we just love Jorge Leon, who's been right there at the front. I think the guy could run for mayor of Oakland at some point if he wanted to. Good dude, too. These are all good people. Alan Snell here in Las Vegas, lvsportsbiz.com. They make it uh, their life's work to basically look at the business side of sports, take you under the hood, and Alan does a fantastic job of reporting. He's been all over this story 
since the very beginning and not just from the Las Vegas point of view, which is sort of, uh, unfortunately worked against them, I think to a degree, I just heard that they got denied a, uh, a credential to be able to cover the F1 race in Las Vegas, all because they were just basically being honest about what's going on. I mean, F1 is underperforming in the sense that the tickets aren't selling. The hotel rooms are going for less than they were a lot less that needs to be reported. And it was by LV sports biz, but Alan um, was the, unfortunately the, uh, the person who's had to pay the price because they took away the credential for them to be able to, you know, cover it with the rest of the press. I mean, they'll still find a way to write about it, but that's just petty and small-minded. And you're going to see a lot of that as it relates to the A's as well. Gabriel Cullen and Jared Isham, who were just on the show on our last episode, Summer of Cell is the name of their documentary. And they've been very good about assembling this video that we're going to close the show with here today that if you haven't seen it yet, you need to stick around because it's worth every second of watching it or just listening to it. If you're, if you're getting the audio version of our podcast today, because it still, it still gets through the message. And this is the video that was sent to all of the MLB owners as they get ready to have their meetings this coming week. Chris Collins, Sacramento's hockey guy, of former morning show host there, not just a morning show host, but a radio legend in Sacramento and in the Bay Area. Biggest San Jose Sharks supporter I know. And definitely a great contributor to this show. Thanks to him, David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins, who knows a thing or two about a thing or two, and is the host of the Nothing Personal podcast, which if you've uh, been paying attention to that over the last six months or so, David has spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the A's and looking at it from an ownership perspective as well as from a fan's perspective and uh, very entertaining at the same time. So I want to thank David for all of that. Jason Burke, who used to host this podcast uh, and then had to leave uh, just based on his time constraints and his need to spend time with his son. And he does a lot of writing, Sports Illustrated and uh, Inside the A's. Um, if there's a guy who really is able to sort of keep track of all the nuts and bolts of the athletics and their comings and their goings and the players and, you know, uh, what's going on down at the farm and all of that. I mean, he's, he's a great um, purveyor of all things A's and he passes that on with the passion of a fan yet at the same time, somebody who's extremely um, well-versed and is a professional. Uh, I'll even say this, I think he's a journalist. And so Jason's been uh, just a joy to, and I've never met the man, never even talked to him, but certainly have uh, watched from a distance. And now obviously I'm trying to fill those, those shoes that he filled so well for a couple of years here. So anyway, Jason, keep up the good work, man. You're great. Adrian Hernandez here in Las Vegas and in Los Angeles with the Sporting Tribune. Uh, there's a ball of energy for you. He's really probably the biggest expert on wrestling of anybody I've ever met. I mean, he just knows all of that, but he's into baseball too. And he's had some real nuggets that he's been able to deliver. I'm not sure what, who his sources are or where he gets the info, but every single time he's been right. So uh, we're thankful to Adrian for continuing to contribute to the show. And of course, the finest sets of boots on the ground that you could ever have. And that would be uh, the two-headed monster that is Casey and Brody. Yeah. 
those guys uh, just do a great job. Of course, uh, ABC seven, Casey Pratt and NBC sports Bay area is Brody Brazil. Brody uh, technically leaving us in the dust. And one day he's going to give me tips on how to improve my studio. I'm looking forward to that. And Casey, just a, a good old dude too. Saw him at the reverse boycott. Both of those guys have had lockstep coverage of this whole story going all the way back through the Howard terminal stuff. I'm talking about seven, eight years, you know, of steady coverage and you can count on them to be able to give you that news. And I'm proud to be part of that fraternity as well. So to all of those people that we mentioned, I want you to know that uh, what you do doesn't go unnoticed, absolutely paying attention, not just me, but all the A's fans and the people that are just sort of trying to figure out what A's fans are all about. So thanks for the work that you do. Keep on doing it. And it is that part of the show where I'm going to have to say to you that we'll get together again next time because, well, for this time, we're out of time except for that video that I promised you. So uh, come on back, by the way. If you are a first-timer, let us know about that. If you're an everydayer, put that in the comment section on YouTube. And of course, if you can give us a thumbs up, if you can subscribe, that's how we grow the channel. And it's also how you'll know when we're back here again with another episode. Love to do it for you. It's Locked on A's. I'm Wayne Coy. And until the next time, you keep on swinging. In Oakland, a big crowd over 54,000 strong. They say baseball is a game of failure, but we see it as a game of triumph. And those highs wouldn't feel so good without the lows. And the lows show us who we are. A community that builds memories together. Laughing, cheering, crying, connecting with our heroes and our loved ones. We once played in our front yards envisioning the bottom of the ninth. Now we make family out of total strangers at the ballpark. This is what it's all about. And it's way bigger than just the game on the field. It's my privilege and honor to share with you the greatest game of all. I've literally felt that place shake, and I'm not talking, you know, 89 Earthquake Candlestick Park shake. I'm talking the fans are so loud that the whole place is vibrating. It's an amazing feeling. The first game I attended at the Coliseum when I was 14 years old. And I remember going to games with my grandpa the most and holding that really close to my heart because it's the ace and it's my grandpa. They've been the backdrop of so many fond family memories and walk-off wins and you know all sorts of things that happened at that building. Attended my first baseball game at the Coliseum in 1982. Going to A's games as a youth, my parents couldn't even speak English well. They would feel welcomed. It was a really fun time growing up being an A's fan. My family were raised as A's fans and that's what they were doing with me. My mom bought me my first set of season tickets. My first game one or two years old, and I remember it was like Looney Tunes Day. I just fell in love with the city of Oakland, the magic of the A's and the people, the diversity of the games are so much fun, just has kept me coming back. 1989, I remember that my mom mentioned that my dad was in Jack London to watch the game. Oakland A's take, take.
That's in my first memories of, okay, A's. This is a multi-generational team. It's more than just a game. It's a memory. I go on Twitter and I see this tweet saying the A's have a binding agreement with Las Vegas. It felt like a family member died. It's been a constant in my life. I've met some of the best friends in my life. They're pretty much family. It's civic pride, it's culture, it's revenue, it's jobs. It gives kids a, a place to spend their summers. My kids are in love with this team. And how can you let kids fall in love with a team and then relocate them? So why are we gonna continue to support this franchise when it could all just be taken away? If fans mean that little to them, then why be a fan? It has always been baseball's policy and preference to stay put. I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think that the real question is, what is it that Oakland was prepared to do? There is no Oakland offer. By way of this letter and its attachments, I want to make it clear to you, MLB, the relocation committee and the owners of the other 29 teams that Oakland very much had a specific and concrete proposal on the table. We had a detailed and mutually agreed upon plan and schedule. And after two years of negotiations, we were, I believe, extremely close to finalizing a deal with the current ownership of the A's. First, there most certainly is a site for a stadium in Oakland and detailed plans for that site. Second, it is not accurate statement that there was no offer from Oakland. Oakland has made the A's multiple offers over the last several years. All have been rejected, despite the fact that Oakland's current offer includes more money for both on-site and off-site infrastructure than the A's themselves requested. You know, had the A's just said, we want nine acres of Howard Terminal to just build a ballpark. I think it would be done by now. Like it would be under construction or done by here in 2023. You don't build a stadium based on the club activity alone, the community has to provide support. There is still a deal within reach here if you had an ownership group that wanted to reach that deal. The crowds, the turnout, the support for the team is a huge positive, reinforces my view that Oakland is a major league market. I remember the wild card game 2019. You know that that game was obviously sold out. Mount Davis was filled. And you see how quickly the fans have gobbled up every ticket in oh, this ballpark. It's unbelievable. How special is that for you when you see that? We just have a great fan base. I am compelled to address some of your recent comments about attendance. It's true that attendance has remained depressed in Oakland post-pandemic, but I don't think that would be shocking to anyone who has witnessed incredible underinvestment in the team during this period. As we saw in 2019, when the A's were competitive, the fans turned out. We've always been a very strong fan base. We've always supported the team. Don't tell me that there's no fans here. They didn't all just go away in four years. All of this that's happened within the last four years is really the boycott. I started seeing things turn in the wrong direction that night where I received the first phone call from Dave Cavill saying, it's going to leak, so I wanted to give you a heads up that we are going to announce a land deal in Las Vegas. Leaving this franchise 
With a stripped-down roster, the lowest in payroll. There was a time when Oakland had some of the top payrolls in all of Major League Baseball, and now it's always consistently at the very bottom. This lack of investment is, I believe, a disservice to the team, to the league, and baseball fans everywhere. Despite this chronic underinvestment, a near doubling in season ticket prices, and despite the ownership group making it very apparent that they were looking to leave, the fans organized something remarkable. The reverse boycott amply demonstrated just how deep the bond is between this team and this city. Frankly, the fans themselves did what the A's current owners have chosen not to do for the last few years. They packed the stadium. I think Stu Clary said, well, why don't we just fill the Coliseum and just show them that we're actually here? Not going to games, while understandable, feeds the false narrative that the A's fans cannot support the team or will not support the team, somehow don't deserve a team, when I know that's not true. Despite everything the ownership has done to them, with lack of investment, with stripping down the roster, with trading away their best players, with ignoring them, just going away. And on that one night, they made magic. We've been in Oakland for 55 years, so fifth inning. I want for an entire bat, everyone to just silent, stand up silent, and then, then we'll do our thing. I was walking through the tunnel to 149 right field bleachers, and it was completely quiet. You just saw people start to stand up. Oh my God, it's working, they're doing this. Most time, every other time I've been in a quiet stadium like that, it was either like a moment of silence because someone died or like this was a critical play and your team just gave up a home run or something, right? But this was so different. These aren't like paid actor fans who are just showing up for one night. This is what you actually have. And this could be normal. This shouldn't be some special occasion. This should be reality. This could be reality. Oakland had done so much to try and make this work. Man, this shit matters. Like, we matter. We matter to each other. The city matters to us. And if the A's remain rooted in Oakland with a committed ownership team, I can promise you the fans will keep showing up. It, it would be a positive if, if anyone votes no. Man, this matters. This matters. Like, it's part of being human. <laughs>